Welcome to the Digging Deep ATVMX Podcast with your host, hailing from Kakana, Wisconsin, riding a CST Tires SSI decals traveling back Yamaha YFC 450R, four-time ATV Motocross National Champion, number 25. Cody Jensen. What's up, everybody? We're back. Welcome to the latest edition of the Digging Deep ATVMX podcast, episode 102 of the Digging Deep ATVMX podcast, presented by our title sponsor, CST Tires, in stock and available for purchase today at shop.csttires.com. I'm your host, Cody Jansen, saying hello to our nearly 196,000 monthly Digging Deep listeners in all 101 countries in which you are listening, and this is our 2023 ATV Motocross preseason update episode. By the end of this show, you will be chomping at the bit for the 9th annual Daytona ATV Supercross inside the legendary confines of Daytona International Speedway. With the season opener just five weeks away now, it is time to start discussing the exciting happenings in ATV motocross this offseason, and we'll do just that with Brandon Hogue, Dane Molander, and Cesar Jimenez headlining this week's episode as we break down and discuss new teams, pro debuts, racing abroad, a rumor or two, and more in the episode ahead. Oh yeah, and year three of Digging Deep ATVMX Fantasy with signups now open at ATVFantasy.com. This is about to be so much fun as we look forward to yet another exciting season of ATV Motocross right here on the Digging Deep ATVMX podcast. With that, let's quickly shout out all of our incredible partners. CST Tires, go to shop.csttires.com today. Yamaha, thanks to Blue Crew. Thanks to SSI Decals, DID Racing Chain, Namira Technologies, Bronco ATV and UTV Components, Launderville Steel Enterprises and Concrete Supply, the financial advice of the Haymara Financial Group, DP Brakes, Factory 43, Binkies Forever ATC Museum, a special shout out to Impact Solutions, and Manscaped to get 20% off and free shipping with code Digging. Deep 20 at manscaped.com. Big news for Manscaped earlier this month as they announced they are making the jump into the beard products game, and I think that we are responsible for speaking this into existence. Introducing the Beard Hedger Pro Kit from Manscaped, the Beard Hedger Pro Kit is the ultimate beard care bundle, a premium beard sculpting machine. The Beard Hedger allows dudes like you and I to style our beards to exactly our liking with a zoom wheel featuring 20 different built-in lengths. This pro kit also includes beard shampoo, conditioner, oil, balm, and free gifts of a beard brush, comb, and scissors. Now you're speaking my language, Manscaped. Get 20% off with free shipping by using code DIGGINGDEEP20 at manscaped.com. So rad that Manscaped is continuing to invest in ATV Racing as a longtime partner of Digging Deep. Help us keep them in the fold and involved in ATV Racing by using our Digging Deep 20 code so they know that you enjoy Digging Deep and what we're all about here. Support all the great companies that support us and for any products that fall through the cracks, click that Rocky Mountain ATVMC banner on our website to help us out. The 2023 season will be here before we know it and we both know you still need parts and gear no matter what off-road gear parts you need rocky mountain atbmc has you covered but before you buy simply click that rocky mountain atbmc banner on our website by using our specific link we get a percentage of what you buy on the back end enabling you to help us out while purchasing the parts you need anyway and did you know you can buy oem parts from rocky mountain atbmc as well Yep, ship conveniently right to your door. So click that Rocky Mountain ATVMC banner at diggingdeepatvmx.com to help us out while satisfying all your gear and parts needs. 
No new donors to shout out this week, but if you are interested in donating and hearing your name on the show here, you can find the Patreon or Buy Me A Coffee donation links on our website. Major thanks to all who have donated, and if you can't donate but you want to help us out, you can rate and leave us a review on iTunes and Spotify. That helps us out a bunch, helps the algorithm, and helps get digging deep in front of more potential listeners. And a reminder, as you're listening to this tonight, grab your phone and head over to ATVFantasy.com and sign up for the new season of Digging Deep ATVMX Fantasy. It's a one-time sign-up fee. You get a season pass, of course. Compete against the Digging Deep crew, pro riders, industry insiders, your friends, and hundreds of others in ATV Fantasy. As always, we'll award weekly and season-ending prizes, of course, so sign up today at atvfantasy.com. And in addition, you'll be the first to see some of the new names ready to line up at Daytona by signing up now at atvfantasy.com. Now, it's showtime. The 30-second board is up, it's sideways, and the gate is down. Time to dig deep. Let's go. All right, guys, back here for yet another episode of the Digging Deep ATVMX podcast. And as we're not much more than a month away now uh, from the start of the 2022 ATV motocross season, just over five weeks out now, we figured it was about time for a preseason update show. And there's no one I'd rather kick things off with than this guy right here. The entire industry is expecting another big season out of him. Brought to you by CST Tires, whether it's on the moto track or in the woods, Joel Hattrick and Bryson Neal left no doubt that CST is the industry leader when it comes to sport ATV tires. Visit shop.csttires.com today to see their full line of products. We suggest the Paul Semixar front and white label soft compound rears, of course. And with that, let's welcome AMA ATV Pro National Number 3 in 2022 Digging Deep Most Improved Pro Award winner, Mr. Brandon Hogue. What's up, mate? Welcome back to Digging Deep. How have you been, pal? It's been a little while. What's up, mate? Yeah, thanks for having me back on. Uh, it has been a while. i uh, just been here in Florida at the Decker training facility. I came down here like end of November and kind of just been trying to uh, train and, and get back in good shape and just get back to riding. But it's been a, it's been really good so far. Like the, the track environment's a little bit different this year, which is cool. It's like everybody's doing really good. Uh, the weather's been better this year. So, yeah, everything's been pretty dang good. Yeah. You mentioned how early you started. It was like, like you had to be the first one down there. I feel like it was a early start for your off season, but it looks like it's paying off the, the videos that we've seen look like you're rolling on that thing. And, uh, last time we talked to you, pal, last time we talked to you on the show, at least, uh, we knew kind of about this big move. I think we touched on it a little bit, but there was things obviously we couldn't talk about. And, uh, there was stuff we couldn't all get into at that time. We've seen tons of footage of you riding at this point. You look amazing. So how's the off season been thus far in How's the prep work, Ben? How are you feeling on that Yamaha YFZ450R? Yeah, I'm uh, like no BS, feeling pretty dang good on it. Um, I think I think my speed is the same, if not better, on the Yamaha right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I've I've rode a lot here in the past on my Honda, and I think I'm faster right now on my Yamaha. But uh, I mean, just the bike in general, though, is a lot better. Like it's lasting. I mean, I've, I'm on the same bike. I'm only on my second motor all winter uh the thing starts like it's just night and day way better it's like a career saver to be honest with you it's uh i mean other than tightening chains and just looking up or looking over stuff like yeah way better dude so uh yeah i'm yeah extremely happy with that switch so Uh, this so this is funny this is funny brandon how uh how all this works out because on what would it have been on thursday wednesday or thursday at uh at loretta's 
you asked me about my Yamaha and I'm pretty sure at that time you didn't know about this, this potential yeah. move for you. You had no idea at that time. And yeah, as yeah. the weekend played out, you know, we started, I started to learn about this p- possible deal of yours, but on Wednesday or Thursday before the weekend, you were just straight up asking me about my quad and whatever. So, uh, it's funny, yeah. it's funny to, to, to hear, you know, or to look back on how everything played out and it's awesome to see you on the blue machine. And uh, that was actually going to be my very first question. Cause you know, we know on the Hondas in general, I think the durability is kind of a thing. It's, it's obviously something that so many of us have dealt with and uh, you as well with that. And I was going to ask you on how, you know, the Yamaha has been durability wise for you, because that was one of the the big selling points for you uh, about the blue machine was, um, you know, was the, obviously, you know, I think it's a, it's a, obviously a better platform at this point, but yes, it's, it's more durable and whatever. And, uh, to think that you've been riding since November and, and it's, uh, only your second engine. Like that's, uh, that's a, that's a crazy, crazy thing to think about. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just, dude. Yeah. I wish, uh, I wish I would have went a lot sooner, I think in my career, but yeah, like, you know, I'm not saying that, uh, the Han is still not able to go do its thing, but it's mm-hmm. just for me. And, uh, you know, I'm not a full-time mechanic either. Like I'm not a good mechanic. So I, the Honda had to just work on a lot more and that allowed more failure too, just for me doing that stuff. So mm-hmm. like this Yamaha, I mean, the frames holding up, uh, the yeah. fenders are holding up those little twist things are just way better oh like, dude they're so nice yeah yeah they're so nice yeah. the quick the, the quick release little little guys and yeah you don't have flapping fenders like your practice hondas did right <laughs> yeah like it's just that type of stuff actually does make it just a big difference uh for sure and yeah i mean i wash the bike and then when i'm done washing i turn the key and push the button and the thing starts up how like nice just, is that yeah yeah it's like i'm riding a cadillac dude yeah. so i agree uh, yeah, it's been nothing but but great things from it so far. Yeah, that's awesome. So obviously the listeners will remember in 2021, you jumped on the Yamaha for a, a few races there, but your heart was still on the Honda at that time. Your heart was still with the Honda. Um, that was a big factor with you joining the the music racing squad last year was that you wanted to ride a Honda. So kind of like take me through like, like what's the difference? Um, is it the, the mindset or is it just being, I mean, we don't, and again, I I know some of this answer because you weren't practicing on a Yamaha at that time, because it seems to me like your setups are very similar. The, the, the setup is very close to what you were racing then on that TDR Yamaha. Like it's, I mean, TDR is still part of your program now, right? Like it's a very similar machine to what you were riding in 2021. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it simply was just the fact that I couldn't practice. Like you said, like, I think people overthink that the only reason I wasn't fully in that Yamaha that year was just, I didn't ride it outside of the tra- the races that much. So like, well, it was a literal uh, surprise to you mid season. You know? Yeah. Like no joke. Went to Briarcliff, Tim unloads it from the van. That's not a joke. That was mm-hmm. straight up. I, I got done testing my Honda at Briarcliff and I come back and that thing was there. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's all it really was. Um, I mean, no, I will. That's not true. Actually. I will say some, some parts of me mentally thought that, I could not ride the Yamaha that good. Um, but I just learned that isn't the case. That's just not true. Like I can ride the Yamaha just as good, uh, if not better. Like I think just me being young at that time, younger than I am now, I just thought, man, I need to stick on Honda cause I can ride this thing that good, but I'm older getting a little bit more smart. And, uh, yeah, like it's, there's, there's no, there's no holding on to the Honda anymore for me. Like I, uh, you, you won't see me back on one. See, and, and that's the thing, like you looked like you were flowing on this Yamaha 
from the the very first videos that I'm sure they were Gloop's videos, uh, the Rip It Up Films videos, but from the very start, you know, like before Christmas, it was probably December and there's videos coming out of you on this Yamaha and you looked awesome. You know, you looked like you were yeah. flowing right from the start. And like you said, maybe it's a mindset switch where it's like, okay, you know, now, now I'm not bringing a knife to a gunfight. Not that the Honda wasn't a great machine. Cause you did great things on it last year. You just about won races. Uh, but yeah. maybe if you were on a, on a Yamaha at that time, you know, it's hard to, you almost got to imagine you would have won some of those, you know, you might've won Daytona. Yeah. You might've, you might've finished second at Briarcliff and held on to that. Like it, it things just would have went different. I would think if you would have been on the Yamaha again, nothing against that program, nothing against that machine, but I, there's no debating that it's a better, it's a better platform. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. I think, uh, you know, what it could have should have sort of deal, but I'm yeah. hoping, uh, you know, I firmly do believe the switch was the right thing to do for me. And even if, you know, like I'm, I'm not, I don't have like a pressure to do better on it or anything like that. Like for mm -hmm. me, it's more of just, I enjoy riding this machine more, mm -hmm. um, you know, so I, I'm not concerned on like, oh, you switched to Yamaha and you're going to do worse, something like that. Like it's, yeah. it used to concern me, but not anymore. Uh, like I said, I, I don't think that'll be the case. No. And, and so one thing is, so uh, telling the listeners here, Brandon and I BSed for, you know, 30 minutes before we hit record on this thing. And part of what we talked about was how crazy the path is. Um, you know, Brandon goes from being a kid in Nebraska, you know, barely getting to the nationals and then, you know, gets connected with a couple people. And, and next thing you know, he's, you know, riding a, a corrosion ATV. And then that becomes a, you know, a, a relationship with Tim Detling. And then, you know, you're winning pro-am and uh, then you go pro and then you're podiuming pro-am. And then you get that opportunity with Musigs. And that really took your career to a whole nother level that revived your career. I think it revived some of the, the, you know, not that you ever fell out of love with it, but there was some dog days there and you know, you've, you're in a better place now. So that helps lead you to this deal you're in now with the Yamaha. And it's like, I always, I say this from time to time. I probably said it to you earlier today. Like everything happens for a reason. It's crazy when you review the path and it's like, man, every little thing, every little connection, relationship, opportunity, all those little things help you get to where you are now. And man, it's, it's hard to argue that you, you know, that you're not in the, the right place, the best place you could be right now, but it's every one of those little opportunities. It's the corrosion, it's the TDR, it's the music. It helped lead you to where you are today. And like you said, I think the switch was right, but every single person along the way helped you get to where you are now. And that's a, that's an awesome thing to think back and, you know, kind of think of uh, where you came and, you know, kind of look ahead to where you're going. It's a, it's a blessing for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of like I told you, I, I think about it all the time. You know, you think I remember being young and I'd be afraid to like give somebody a phone call. Like I remember Jonathan Parrish, you'd scare the heck out of me. Yeah. Me like too. this guy I was just terrified of. And, uh, yeah. and you know, even still to this day, if I have a problem, like, a, you know, sometimes I just call him, I'll just be like, JP, like I need help, man. Like, yeah. you know, talking about something, maybe I'm learning a little bit more with credit or whatever, yeah. but, uh, yeah, it's just kind of like, I would always be afraid to give the, give those calls and talk to people and like mm -hmm. one step at a time, like it just would, would something good would always come out of it. And then I'd, I'd try to talk to this guy. And even if you get shut down or whatever, like you just got to keep mm -hmm. trying and, and then doors open. And then if yep. you back it up, like with, 
you know, work, like work ethic and good finishes, then more do- like it just, uh, and being a good, and, and being a good person, man, just be you, yeah. do you be a good person, have a good head on yeah. your shoulders, make good decisions, do the next best thing, the next right thing. Things just work out. That's just, that's just life, man. It, it goes far beyond this sport. It's just, yeah. uh, it's life in general. But like I said, everything happens for a reason. Every, every step along the way was just a chapter in, in this, uh, this journey that you're on and what an awesome spot you're in right now. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wouldn't have traded it for the world. And, uh, and that's why it, it's like, I'm looking at where I'm at right now. And it, it, to me, like, I just want to, to me, it's like writing a book and I'm almost to the chapter to where I want to close the dang thing on winning races and a championship would be just like a, such a story from start yeah. to finish. If I, I could do that. that. And mm-hmm. yeah, I'm on the chapter to where that's all I want to freaking do, you know, but yeah. yeah, it's, it's, it's such a insane feeling. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's uh everybody's got their own story, but it's not that, you know, it's, you're a younger person, but it's not that much different than Chad racing a Banshee at the, at the County fair, you know, like that's just, that's the, everybody's got their own story. You're writing an awesome one too. So, uh, kind of talking about the Yamaha thing. So you actually debuted the YFZ 450R out West, right at the, the Wavos pro invitational. So tell me, tell me what that experience was like. Cause that was like nothing you've ever done before. Yeah. Yeah. The, Nevada race, I got dead last. Uh, I qualified dead last and then got beat the very first thing. I just got stuck on the tires every single time. Uh, I mean, I had nightmares of tires that night. Just, <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> it wasn't my style of an event, but it was cool to go there. I just felt like, felt terrible that I got freaking last. And yeah, I was so mad, but I did okay. the work thing too, which made up for it. Like the work okay. stuff was super fun. Uh, I did the practice there like before the event. And then on Sunday I raced it. Okay. Uh, I ended up losing a, a bolt in my engine and I blew up like the first 15 minutes. Oh shoot. But I mean, it was still cool. Like cool to be there. And mm-hmm. Walker was there and Max was there. Like it was a good, good race. Like I, I wanted to really race that race, but yeah, no, I mean the, the Nevada thing, um, uh, yeah, I, I try not to think too much back on. You. <laughs> yeah, well, I wasn't I wasn't trying to bring up a bad topic, but um, it's one of those things. And we talked about that when we were covering the event is like everybody's background brings a totally different, like everybody's got a totally different background going to that event. Like, so, you know, we know you and I know people who spent their whole childhood bombing around in the woods and climbing shit and rocks yeah. and wood yeah. and and trees and stuff. And like, that's not either of the things that you and I did, you know, I know you like you're, you're spinning laps with a purpose, you know? And, uh, so, th- so that, that's, uh, that's, that's, you know, explain some of that. Right. But, but, uh, you know, if you would have taken the woods out or the, the logs out of it or the tires out of it or whatever, like, you know, you, you know, you would have been right up front. So I know that you're a competitor. I know that you wanted to win the thing or whatever. Um, but I got to believe it's a pretty cool experience to have in your back pocket. And, uh, who knows, maybe if there's ever another one, if there is another one, like Wes said, uh, maybe you go back there and get some vengeance. Yeah. Yeah. I told Luke, if there's another one, I'm either training really hard for it and (laughs) like putting tires in the backyard with concrete barrier, just doing something. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Then I'll go race it. Yeah, for sure. 
Oh, that's funny. Well, uh, I know that you're, you, you love Deckers place is amazing. Um, tell me how the preseason prep has been going so far. Daytona is just around the corner. So I know you're working on specific things this off season. That's just how you work. So, yeah. uh, try to elaborate on that a little bit for me. Yeah. Uh, so as of right now, like the way that the past, uh, three weeks have been is it's really volume focused because, uh, that's just the, the right way to do it right now. So that means trying to spend quite a few laps, doing a lot of training. Um, cause we were from eight weeks out, you can really ramp up volume and then absorb it before the, the season. So like for Daytona and Gatorback and this Decker race here, like we have three pretty big races for, at least for me, mm-hmm. uh, coming up soon. So I do want to be in like really good shape for it. And I do want to try to be really fast for it. So and my goal is this year to try to start the season stronger than years past. So uh, if I can, I really want to try to to start with podiums. Like, you know, Daytona kind of is a, a wild card, but I really want to try to at least one of those for sure, try to podium and start the year way better than last. And then, uh, but yeah, as far as right now, it's just a lot of volume training. Like today I did three hours of training, no riding, but, we've been riding like two days on a day off two days on. So like four days a week for me. Um, and then, yeah, one day will be shorter sprint stuff. One day you go long, you just do the work, like nothing pretty. Just try to get the laps in. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, that's pretty much it. Uh, and everything's been good. I'm still doing a little bit of details with my suspension. Like, Okay. I do love where everything is now. I'm just trying a few different things. Um, but like, I'm pretty much, I'm mm-hmm. ha- like, if I had to go race tomorrow, I could do it. Yeah. But yeah, other than that, I'm still on like Kenda tires. I'm on Walsh, uh, TDR. Yep. Um, yeah. Everything's like, like there's just no complaints for me other than just, I want to get to racing right now, to be honest with <laughs> you know, I, I want to know what I got to work on. Like mm-hmm. the dirt bike guys talk about finding their, base settings and stuff after the first race well for me it's like i want to try to do the same uh if i'm way off for some reason then i need to figure that out right away and just start the year like like i said i want to try to start the year up front not not in the back and see what i can do for championship points wise and and yeah just more goals towards that end yeah well you were you were starting daytona uh as well as you possibly could have last year so we'll get into that but uh i don't think you need to harp on i mean yes it wasn't a good points day uh but you started it super super well but this is this is something that i've been thinking about um so joel hetrick has been you know there at decker's a good amount so you have the advantage of seeing the reigning champ and the speed he's working with uh, this off season, you're able to see that on the regular. That's kind of an advantage for you because training apart from, you know, those fastest guys or whatever uh, you know, those uh, he's a proven champion, a three-time champ defending champ. Like you don't have to wonder what his speed is. You're not wondering, Hey, what's, what's Joel doing? What, you know, I wonder if he found more speed this off season. I'm sure he did, but you're seeing it. Like that's yeah. an advantage for, for you. That's an advantage of, of being at Deckers, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I, I watch them a lot. Uh, like we do ride together and stuff too, but mm-hmm. yeah, I get to watch them a lot. Um, you know, it could be good and bad. Like sometimes you'll feel really good and you'll see him just do something a little bit better and it, it's enough to just piss you off. But, um, I enjoy that. Like, I like to be able to see 
the intensity that he brings on the track, um, you know, and just try to think at night, like, all right, am I going to be able to do that? Mm-hmm. You know, tomorrow let's try to focus on this area or that area. Sure. But, um, yeah, like I enjoy it. Um, I don't think it's, you know, for me, it's not, I, I don't need, like, it's kind of weird. I don't feel like I need that yep. just because I already know the guy. I'll just, wherever you think you're going fast, like he'll probably be <laughs> a little bit fast. So it's kind of just that way. You know, whenever I go somewhere else and I'm not with him, I just know I need to really push because mm-hmm. he would be. So, yeah. but yeah, I mean, it definitely is good to be able to watch him and, and see where, where the pace is at. Yeah. Well, we know Deckers is the place to be, obviously, uh, just about everybody's there, at least at some point. So as you're, you've been down there the longest, it seems like. So, uh, has there been anybody else down there that surprised you with their speed or, 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 uh, standing out, working really hard? Anybody stand out while, uh, you've been down there? Yeah, I definitely think that they deserve some talking about for the, for the upcoming season. Zach Decker, for sure. Yeah. I be on a, better level than he was last year um we're training together like off the bike stuff logan stanfield same thing i'm not i'm not trying to even like uh promote my training stuff here but these guys are they're actually like they're working hard and uh i think that they're going to be faster so i think the whole class like is going to be at a a higher level which yeah so they definitely deserve to have some hype so are those guys are those guys on the box guys yeah yeah i have zach i got joel i got uh logan i got vince merman they're all down here uh joel's home right now but we're all doing the same program so it's kind of like an alden baker thing but got it at decker so it's but it's i mean every i'm not joking you everyone's level right now is really high so that's awesome um yeah and i think you know i think it'll show you know probably early on that like Zach's Zach's on a really high level, same with, you know, all these guys. So yeah, hopefully I think for me, it'd be cool to see that. Like these guys are going to end up just smoking me one day and that's a part <laughs> of, that'd be, I'd be, you know, as bad as it sounds like that's cool. Like they're putting in the work. So yeah. yeah, it's just cool to see these guys riding at a really high level. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, um, I think that that's part of it, you know, elevating the sport and you're doing that both by being one of the fastest guys out there and helping guys with their programs. So that's a pretty special thing. So, uh, as we look towards Daytona, obviously on these preseason shows, you know, we talk about Daytona so much, like we, you talked about, it's kind of an outlier. It's kind of a wild card. Um, but also like, it's one of the biggest ones to win. You know, there's probably nothing like winning inside Daytona, you know, it's legendary. So, uh, I'm sure that you have some vengeance on your mind with Daytona, uh, after last year's heartbreak, but then, you know, less than two weeks after that, is uh is the Gatorback race you'll head to Gatorback for the first time that's a place that you've never raced at obviously um so that's kind of that's kind of exciting like new is exciting change is exciting it's a legendary track when it comes to ATV motocross dating back you know 15 20 years which is pretty special so um that's got to be exciting too it's also down there in that area uh like you said it's kind of that it's kind of a three pack of uh, the Daytona race, the Decker race and the, and Gatorback. So that's going to be an exciting time. And I think that Gatorback isn't anything to sleep on either. I think that that's going to be a really cool thing for, for our sport. Yeah, I totally agree. I'm a big fan of the new tracks that we have. Like, I wish there were more, I think for us guys outside of Joel and Chad, I think it's good too. Like most of the tracks we go to, you know, the exact lines that are even going to develop. Exactly. For the- exactly. For yeah. Book, yeah. Like, 
I think that's that's pretty cool. I, I enjoy that. Yeah, and buds, buds will be cool. That's going to be a fun right. weekend. Like especially, you know, they got the TT event going on the same weekend. I think that that's going to be the place to be for for all. ATV racing fans in general. Like I hope like uh kind of like we saw the 50th at Astabula, everybody came out of the woodworks. I hope that that's kind of what we see there at Bud's Creek that weekend too. Um that's gonna be yep. the place to be. It's just a it's a fun schedule. Like you said, it's a little different. It's a fun schedule this year. And uh, like I said, change is good. That's exciting. So um like you said, we go to these tracks, especially like the sandy ones, like you know exactly where every route's gonna be, you know what every fast line is. So a little something a little different is uh an exciting, you know, kind of kind of uh kind of pick me up for the series or whatever you want to call it it's going to be fun it's going to be exciting yep for sure that's why when lake sugar tree was on the schedule the one year i yeah. liked it yeah just because it was different yeah i, I enjoy it for sure yeah. well and i think you know when we look at sp- specifically gatorback but like that's your style racetrack you know like it's yeah. hard packed it's fast like we saw some of your breakout rides at high point and at unadilla like that's in that exact same mold as some of those racetracks like and you st- said you wanted to start the season strong you wanted to start the season fast uh kind of on a hot streak that's exactly what you know gatorback might be the opportunity for um yeah. you know it's gonna it's gonna be it's gonna be exciting like like i said that's a brandon hoax style racetrack right there yeah, I've been watching all your videos and all the videos I can of it. Just, uh, just try to see if I can. <laughs> I don't, I don't even. I don't even know if it's the same anymore. But yeah, I, I sure. Not at all. I, I I love sharing those videos though. I I could I could literally watch those on repeat all day long. Yeah, yeah, I I, I do the same. Like I, it'll probably be totally different, but I'm still like just analyzing the heck out of it. But mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, I'm super pumped to go there for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, man, that's awesome. Well, uh, you know, I appreciate your time as always, you know, on these shows, I knew we had to get you on kind of leading up to the season here because everybody is, uh, predicting big things out of you this season and change is exciting. Like I said, change is good for everyone. So, so, uh, this team, uh, we didn't touch on that too much. You brought up Luke. Uh, you're obviously talking about Luke Nixon there. Um, so what's the name of the team again? I know you commented on one of our posts at one point uh, a while back talking about that. What's the name of the team? Yeah, I think I got it wrong the first time, but it's okay. it's Westland Motorsports. Okay. Team name. Uh, I'm pretty sure. I don't. Uh, yeah, I, I think I'm accurate. There. Okay. So, uh, yeah, Luke and Emily Nixon. Um, and then it'll be Hetrick Racing, TDR. Um yeah, that's kind of like the and Kenda. Those are the the big heavy hitters. That, that, yeah, and Got and it. Walsh and PP and I, I have all this the components and stuff. But yeah, it's uh, Westland Motorsports is going to be the team. I think we'll have like a tent and yeah, that'll be the the setup. Nice. So Luke, so did his kids race? Is that the scoop yes. there? Yeah. Because I think, I think I like probably raced him in like pro am like years Probably. ago would that yeah, he, would that have been right yeah yeah he number, used to race number yeah. 56 maybe yeah shoot i don't know his actual number but okay okay i, I just probably uh, okay yeah yeah i remember him or 53 i remember him, like racing cowies maybe at one time like i yeah i'm pretty sure yeah i'm, I'm almost certain uh yeah, way back got, way back in the day yeah he's got all these stories we've talked about and stuff but yeah he okay. used to race Okay. Uh, I, I thought that was him at first. I heard Nixon and then I heard Luke and then I put it together and I'm like, you know what? This has got to be the guy. Yeah. Yeah. He's dude. He's awesome. He's from Australia, but uh, okay. I got to, like, I didn't really know him until we went to Nevada to the Vegas race. And okay. dude, he's a, I loved hanging out with him and Emily. Like 
I got to know him really well. Like I, his personality is funny as heck. He's, but he's also like no BS, like straightforward. It's just, dude, I love the guy. So like, it's, uh, it was the Nevada trip alone was just really good to at least, you know, for that, but bonding, bonding. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's going to be a, it's going to be a a fun season at the races. Then obviously you're happy with your decision. So what about uh, mechanic? Who's going to be your mechanic? Do we know what's going on there? Yeah. So Chad Reed from last year, same mechanic. Perfect. Uh, cool. Yep. I'll be working with him again. I really liked having Chad. Uh, he's just really good at, I mean, he knows me well too. If I have complaints, he does it. Just, he has just, he's just like the perfect mechanic. So, uh, I asked Luke if I could try to reach out and get Chad and he said, absolutely. So awesome. Chad was on board to help me out again, which I greatly appreciate. So yeah. Uh, excited about that. Awesome. Well, uh, pal, I think, uh, like I said before, I think it's going to be a big season for you. I know, uh, you got some high hopes. I think, uh, I think the industry, I think just about all of us, you know, I think know how this is going to go at least, uh, at least to a certain extent. So we're excited for you. And, uh, again, I can't thank you enough for joining us. Looking forward to Daytona. So until then, pal, stay safe, stay healthy, and, uh, we'll see you down at Daytona. Should be fun. Thanks, man. Yeah. I appreciate you having me on and, uh, I'll, uh, yep. Try to, uh, yep. Try to do good this year. I, you know, I don't know. We'll see how it goes. I, uh, I'm feeling pretty good, but we'll, uh, let the people just kind of think where I'm going to sit and yeah. I don't know. We'll, we'll see where I stack from, up. On from, the- hey, from all the comments and messages and stuff that I'm getting, like your pick trend and digging deep ATBMX fantasy is going to be huge. I, I, I feel it like oh, it's going to be big at the beginning of the year. So you got a lot of people behind you, pal. I hope, I hope everybody like pumps my name and <laughs> I hope I can do it for him. But yeah, it's uh pressure. Pressure is a privilege, right? So <laughs> there you go. Well, yeah. pal, I always come away from these conversations with you feeling so good. So I, um, I can't thank you enough for your time. Thanks for fitting us into your busy schedule down there. And, uh, man, like, like, like you said, I wish Daytona was tomorrow. Um, but we'll wait, uh, five more weeks and then, uh, we'll let everything, let, let everything play out the way it's going to, but I can't wait. Yep. I appreciate you, mate. Awesome, pal. That's Brandon Hogue joining us on the Digging Deep ATVMX podcast ahead of what will surely be a can't-miss season for him and his crew, brought to you by CST Tires. CST's Pulse MXR tires and more are available at shop.csttires.com today. Thanks so much, mate. We'll see you soon. See you, mate. See you, pal. We'll get right back to the show, but now a word from our sponsors. And thank you for listening to these ads. Without these great companies, none of that trick, Jeffrey Rastrelli, Nick Janusa, myself, and so many more believe and trust in CST Tires. Do you? You already know we're Team Blue Crew now more than ever here at the Digging Deep ATVMX podcast. And whether it's eight-time and reigning ATVMX Pro Class National Champion Chad Weenan, who with his next championship will become the winningest champion in ATV motocross history, or seven-time and current XC1 Pro ATV GNCC national champion Walker Fowler, who is now tied for second all-time in titles one, it's clear the podium-proven Yamaha YFZ450R is the winning choice of sport ATVs. This continued and unprecedented success for the Yamaha YFZ450R, its unrivaled quality and performance, and the undisputable fact that Yamaha is the leading OEM supporter of ATV racing has resulted in an ever-growing Yamaha takeover within the sport quad market. Best yet, Yamaha's Blue Crew Racer Support Program is back and stronger than ever here in 2022, meaning Yamaha riders will once again cash in on payouts and prize opportunities, including a chance to win a brand new YFZ450R. 
For more info, head over to YamahaBlueCrew.com. Follow them at Yamaha Outdoors on social media and check out Yamaha's full proven off-road lineup at YamahaOutdoors.com today. SSI decals is a name synonymous with ATV racing, synonymous with big time success, and absolutely synonymous with the best looking decals around. An offshoot of their parent company that was established in 1947, SSI first took shape from owner Ian Harris's passion for ATVs. With what started as just making numbers and decals for riders like Chad Wienan, the company quickly took off. And today, you couldn't imagine ATV motocross without SSI decals. The graphics maker and designer now supports all the top teams in ATV motocross, as well as teams and riders racing GNCC, Work Series, Pro Motocross and Supercross, Canadian Pro Motocross, Short Course Off-Road Trucks, UTVs, Snowcross, and, oh yeah, six-time world champion top fuel drag racer Clay Milliken. No project is too big or too small for SSI decals, making your identity stick with championship-level graphics. Head over to SSIDecals.com today and then maybe call the doctor because things are about to get sick. The Digging Deep ATVMX podcast is brought to you in part by DID and their wide range of championship-winning chains. From the street to the track and everywhere in between, DID chains are designed to give you the optimal riding experience with great performance and increased chain life. Consistent to the core, pick up your box of reliability today. DID, what drives you? We are proud to be partnered with Numira Technologies. Since 2001, Numira has led the charge in the ATV and side-by-side market, covering more applications than anyone else in the industry. Numira's advanced piston technology uses a NASA-exclusive aluminum alloy that helps to reduce expansion rates, allows for tighter tolerances, and leads to higher overall engine performance for your machine. For more information about Numira's wide offerings of pistons, rings, gaskets, industry-leading top-end repair kits, and recently added connecting rods, visit your local dealer or online at www.numira.com. Namira Technologies, your one-stop shop, engine, component, supplier. We are pleased to be partnered with Bronco ATV and UTV Components. Bronco has been an industry leader in replacement hard parts and accessories for all makes and models for over 15 years. With a catalog that includes a full line of electrical components, engine internals and cylinders, shock and suspension parts, winches, clutch kits, valves, carb kits, bearing kits, and drive chain parts, Bronco is your hard part source for whatever you need for whatever you ride. Available exclusively through distributors around the world, visit your local dealer or online at broncoatv.com. From one former Pro-Am champ to another, we have to get to the bottom of a few things with this next guest. Is he planning to go pro? Is he really going to ride a Suzuki? Let's find out. All right, guys, back here with our next guest, and he's another guy that many of us are anxious to see what he has in store for the new 2023 season. Brought to you by Namira Technologies. Namira is your one-stop shop engine component supplier with wide offerings of pistons, rings, gaskets, top-end repair kits, and connecting rods. Visit your local dealer or online at www.namira.com today. And now, let's welcome your 2022 Pro-Am ATV Motocross National Champion to the Digging Deep ATV MX podcast, Mr. Dane Molander. What's up, buddy? It's been a little bit since we've uh, had you on, so welcome back. Hey, Cody. Thank you for uh, having me back on. I uh, couldn't be thankful to be back on here. Yeah, it's been a great season. Yeah, man. So we we haven't talked since you clinched the Pro-Am title with a dominant performance at Loretta's. Allow me to congratulate you. Probably be the last one to congratulate you at this point. It's been a little bit, but uh, man, what a season it was for you. Five overall wins, 10 podiums between Pro-Am and Pro Sport, 11 moto wins. It was a season that, you know, you won't soon forget, pal. I'm, uh, it was like a dream season for you, I feel like. 
Yeah, thank you. I mean, it was definitely probably a highlight of my entire career. I mean, winning the championship for Pro-Am as it is, is just, mm -hmm. uh, I couldn't be more stoked about that. Yeah. And then the way it ended too. I mean, with, uh, with that dominant ride, you had one, one performance at Loretta's, you didn't have to win, but you still won the way you've raced up through the class, man. You just, you put a stamp on that thing. And I think that you kind of left all of us that watched it kind of with this feeling like, man, Dane's Dane's the next guy. So, uh, I had to feel good to put that cherry on top of that thing. Like you couldn't have ended it any better. Yeah. I mean, it's that at Loretta's, it really came down to just anybody could win it. So I was, I was basically all or nothing in all everything in for it and just give or take. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Well, uh, like I said, what a season, it was a dream season for you. So the season wrapped up, uh, all the way back in August, uh, it's basically February now. So we've had some time between now and then. So what have you been up to this off season, pal? Tell me a little bit about the off season so far. Uh, I've been working out a, a little bit. Um, I've just actually just started probably getting into riding the last couple of months. I've had uh, some issues getting some bikes together. Okay. I, uh, just went riding yesterday. I actually ended up getting some horsepower out of the Suzuki's. So I saw that. Yeah. Could be more stoked for that. I mean, I'm really excited for this season upcoming and the people I'm working with. I hope this program can hold together. And I think we, uh, we got a shot at this. Yeah, man. It, uh, it look, I saw that you were riding yesterday, which is awesome. It's cool that you're back home, right? Like you, you got good enough weather to be riding back home. Is that what's going on? Uh, the weather up here is it's all right. It's kind of, uh, iffy. I mean, it's a little bit colder. So we've been going down South to around uh, North Carolina, jumping around down there. Got Not it. really got the whole way down to Florida yet. I'm got hoping in the next couple of weeks we can get down there. Got it. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I saw you riding yesterday. So I was like, Oh, perfect. This is perfect time to talk to him. He's been spinning some laps. So that's awesome. Uh, so I heard you, you referenced the, the Suzuki. Uh, so we'll get into that. I heard early in the off season that you were planning to go pro. I don't know. I haven't heard anything official yet at this point. So I'm just going to straight up ask you, will we see Dane Molander lining up to make his pro debut at uh, the 2023 ATV motocross season opener at Daytona, or is that not something that's happening? Uh, that's a hundred percent happening. I'm all, uh, I like it. Class. I like uh, it. I'm gonna take it as a learning year this year. Uh, I'm not even going to mess with pro-am at all. I'm just going to put all my work okay. in pro and uh, see how we can do. Awesome, man. Awesome. That's, that's great to hear. I, I got sent an official list the other day of, of pro licensed riders and your name wasn't on there yet. So I was all ready to put you in the fantasy game and start building all that. And I was like, well, better hold off till I talk to him. I didn't, uh, didn't know exactly what was going on there, but that's, uh, that's an awesome thing to hear. I think, um, I think that that's where you belong at this point, you know, watching the season that you had last year, I don't think that you have anything left to, to prove in pro-am at this point. And, uh, Man, that's got to be exciting. This is this is something that you've been working towards your whole life. That's got to be that's got to be a great feeling. Oh yeah, for sure. It's definitely a dream. It's uh been my dream since a little kid to run with the big boys and here yeah. I am. Yeah. So well, I couldn't I, be happier. I'm sure that, you know, you probably as you're working on quads, as you're working out in the gym, as you're spinning laps at the practice track, as you're laying in bed at night, you're thinking what it's going to be like, you know, to be at Daytona and line up with those guys for the first time. So, so tell me a little bit about those emotions. I mean, that's gotta, we all grow up, uh, dreaming of what that'll be like. So, so tell me kind of what comes to mind when I ask you that it's just gotta be a dream come true. Yeah, it's for sure a dream come true. I mean, lining up on the line with my idols I've been looking up to my entire life coming up through, yeah. seeing these other guys moving up through, being like, wow, I hope I can do that one day. And, you know, now we're here. 
So, yeah. I mean, it's it's definitely going to be a, a different experience lining up on the gate, looking to my left, seeing Chad, looking to my right, seeing Joel. Yeah, that'll be uh, that'll be super exciting. Um, it's one of those things, too. I mean, all of us, you know, fans and, and other racers like everybody, it's exciting to see, you know, to see new blood in the pro class, and especially when someone like you comes in and, you know, you're a, a pro-am champion. You're one of the guys that, you know, everybody wants to see how it's going to go. And, uh, man, that creates so much excitement for for the new season. So congrats on that. I'm sure you're stoked. And that kind of leads me directly to my next question. So I was told again, early in the off season that you were going to be riding a Suzuki. You already said the Suzuki. I saw the pictures from yesterday. You're riding a Suzuki. So obviously, you know, you're going to confirm for me that you're riding a Suzuki. So tell me about that decision to stay on a machine. That's super similar to the hybrids that you had been riding in years past. Yeah. Uh, about mid season last year or Beginning of last year, we kind of made the decision that if we were going to go pro, we'd probably try to stick with this with the Suzuki's. I mean, the geometry of the bike just kind of suits me yep. completely. And like it's a really easy jump from the hybrid to that. Mm -hmm. uh, plus, with having all the parts and extra parts from the hybrid, it's a lot of interchangeable stuff besides obviously the engine stuff. But right. other than that, I mean, I've rode a couple of Yamahas. I'm not a huge fan of how they ride. They're not kind of suited to my riding style. Whereas the Suzuki, I I love that. I mean, that whole mm -hmm. geometry and frame and everything just rides amazing. The only concern we had was uh, pulling some power out of the, the dinosaur engine over there. So, but we've made some, uh, some stuff work. There's a lot of new technology that came out with it. I mm -hmm. mean, a lot of the stuff is very comparable to the Yamaha. And I think we can pull uh, comparable numbers to the Yamaha, if not more. Yeah. Well, and, and I think that there's so much to be said about riding something that is similar to what you're used to. I know that that's a conversation you and I've had in the past where you were coming, you know, from the 250 and then moving to, you know, to the big quad classes, to the 450 classes and basically riding the same quad with a different motor. So to now be going to the pro class and riding a chassis that's very similar to not have to, you know, you're going to be learning the pro class. So that's going to be a learning curve, but then to not have to learn a whole new quad at the same time, I think that that's a major advantage, you know, for you and your program. I would assume that that's why the decision was made. Yeah, no, for sure. That and kind of like a budget thing. I mean, uh, yeah. it's a lot easier. I feel like to, to go into the Suzuki's, I mean, you're looking at six grand for a basically complete bike. I mean, mm -hmm. if you want to get into a race bike, you're looking at no more than like 10 grand, whereas a Yamaha, you got to nobody's really selling complete bikes right now you're looking at 12 grand to just get into a stock one and then like 15 into engine and other accessories and whatnot so mm -hmm. i mean for that to work for me it's basically the easiest way yeah no i, I totally get doing it within your means and yeah I'm, I'm all for that i i know exactly what that's like man you're gonna have a lot of ltr lovers out there that are gonna be pulling for you so that's gonna be really cool so uh where do you see yourself finishing pal i know that that's a big question but tell me kind of about your goals at least uh that you have kind of in the back of your mind as you're getting ready to embark on you know this journey of a professional career for you racing against the fastest guys in the world and the most prestigious atv racing series in the world tell me kind of what your goals are whether it's you know goal for daytona goal for the season uh tell me tell me about that what comes to mind i mean a goal honestly <laughs> over everything would be a top three but i mean a realistic uh standing i'm hoping for at least a top 10 and pushing for a top five mm-hmm yeah, I think I think the biggest thing, and I'm not telling you anything you don't know, but I think the biggest thing is 
avoid the big crashes, do all the laps. You know, you're, you're a guy that your, your speed is good. You get good starts. You're used to being up front, all those things. So if you go out there and ride the way, you know, how, I think that you're going to find yourself right inside the top 10, right where you need to be. And I think that that's the biggest thing, right? Cause in the pro class, you have all kinds of craziness happens. There's people going every which way there's fast guys everywhere, but things happen. Guys crash stuff breaks. I think that, you know, doing all the laps, staying consistent, all those things is the biggest thing. And, you know, we saw you pal, we saw you with some magnificent crashes last year. So, uh, those got to stay in the past. That can't be something that follows you to the, to the, the pro class. That's going to be done with that. Yeah, no, I'm definitely hoping for none of those. I mean, <laughs> as long as I can keep it on all four wheels and, and stay on it, I mean, that's the uh, best thing I can possibly do. I mean, I, I had my fair share of uh, getting in some pileups last year also in that pro sport class. That was kind of a disaster, but um, <laughs> I think as long as I'm able to kind of stay away from all that and keep pushing, I, I, I think I'd be good. Yeah, it's good for your brand. I mean, it's good for the brand, a lot of views on, on social media, but uh, but not good for the results at the end of the day. So, um, so, so yeah, that'll be awesome. And what do you think about, you know, we got a couple new tracks this year. Obviously, you know, you've raced Daytona in the past. You'll be, it's a bigger, it's a bigger operation when you're a pro. And then, you know, you got, got Gator back, which is new for, for guy younger guys like you. Bud's Creek is I don't know if you would have been racing Bud's Creek in 2012 when we last raced there. Probably not. So a uh, couple new, couple new tracks, a little bit different schedule. That'll be exciting too, right? Like change is always kind of fun. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, Gatorback is definitely a new one for me. I've always heard people rave about how nice of a track that is and how mm -hmm. sweet it is. So I'm excited to go there. Uh, Bud's Creek. I've actually rode not the national, but uh, for races. 13 back in the day, I, yeah. I'd go there. I've probably done like three or four races there back on like 90 shifters and CVT. Okay. So, okay. I mean, the track hasn't really changed much. So, the layout's basically the same. So, yeah. it shouldn't be too bad. And then like underground coming back, I'm, I'm excited about that. That's track I got my first ever national win at. So Oh, nice. So I'm happy about that one. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And and like you said, Bud's Creek is kind of towards your area of the country over there. So that's another uh, another good one for you, good place for you. And I think it's cool. It's actually, you know, with, with Daytona being on a Tuesday and basically Gatorback being 10 or 11 days later, um, that's actually really nice for everybody, for the traveling aspect of it. You're all already going to be in that area. You can ride for, you know, a week or whatever, prep for, for Gatorback and then be right over there. I think that uh, the way that the schedule works out, probably helps a lot of people. You can go down there for one trip, race those two races, hammer those out, and then move on to the rest of the series. I think that that uh, is something that that the schedule makers did that kind of benefits everybody, especially, you know, I'm from Wisconsin, so I'm way up north, but you know, you're, you know, you're in Pennsylvania, you're pretty far north too. And um, those trips across the country, man, they, they break the bank for sure. Oh yeah, for sure. They're not cheap. I think it was a good decision. And I mean, you got the uh, Decker training facility making that mm -hmm. race in between the, uh, Oh yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's kind of, it, that'll pull people into staying and wanting them to go there and stay for a week or so, and then mm -hmm. move to Gator back. So I think that was a smart decision on their behalf for sure. And is that something that you'll plan to do is race that event down there in between? Uh, I'm not a hundred percent sure yet. It's invite only. I have not received my invite. Got it. Yet, so okay. debating on that one, but uh, <laughs> if I do, we'll see if I go. Okay. Okay. Well, I'm sure, uh, I'm sure you'll get the invite, but, uh, so, and that's like big money race, right? Like, didn't I see like 10 grand is giving, getting given away, or maybe it's more, um, either way it's big money. 
they're saying I think twenty five thousand dollars in just the pro class, okay, and then I think it's the first place in the pro class walks away with I think fifteen thousand, and then it goes okay. down from there. But I mean, all the other mini classes and whatnot, they're all getting paid out too. Oh wow, that's that's incredible. So, uh, credit to those guys, man. You can't say a good uh, enough good things about the Deckers. And obviously, my family, my mom had just said to me this morning, she's like, "Man, can you imagine what it would have been like, you know, when I was staying in Florida in the off seasons and everything, where you know I had to drive to the gym, I had to drive to a nice laundromat, I had to you know do all these things, drive somewhere to get my bike worked on if need be, if I needed some help with something, drive to Walsh. So, um, so yeah, to have all of that in one place, I, we've talked about it on all of these preseason shows in years past but to have a place like deckers where it's all in one spot i've never been there still to this day but man it, it looks incredible track looks amazing to have all the facilities and everything infrastructure that they have there awesome people obviously too and then to have you know it's kind of like an alden baker like deal for uh, you know from the dirt bike side where you have all of these fast guys all riding together you know when you're prepping for a season and you don't have other fast guys to kind of gauge yourself on uh gauge yourself off of kind of a question mark on where you stand if you're at deckers you know exactly how fast all the all the fast guys are going because most all of them are there so uh advantage to everybody down there but uh but yeah what a what an awesome place that is and what an awesome event that is too like that'll be uh that'll be the place to be on that weekend that's for sure oh yeah for sure and then they're pulling people with that uh champ camp which will be kind of like a new mm -hmm. dream camp so uh, mm -hmm. i think that'll take off pretty good too with having everybody coming to that and basically i mean they'll have fun i mean there's you, you can swim there you can do whatever mm -hmm. so I mean, I think they'll turn that into a new dream camp and basically take that and run with it. Yeah. But so, well, the facility is great. The whole thing. I mean, you got Woods Loop, you got two tracks, pit bike track. I mean, kids got everything to do there. So you don't really have to go anywhere. And how cool is it that, you know, I know that they do dirt bike stuff too and whatever, like obviously it's open to everybody, but to have a place like that, that's very ATV like centric and focused. And obviously, you know, they're ATV people to have a place so nice. Uh, and, and to have them be ATV people. So they're, you know, they lean towards ATVs maybe more than anything else. Uh, what a blessing that is for the ATV community, because in the past, you know, one place after another, after another started, you know, not allowing ATVs. And now you have a place like this, that's the biggest, baddest place around. And they're, you know, ATV focused. It seems like, man, what an advantage, what an awesome thing that is for the ATV community. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, 90% of the heavy hitters are moving down to Florida to train in that winter mm -hmm. when it starts getting cold wherever they're from. So mm -hmm. uh, I feel like a majority of the tracks down there are kind of starting to close down on, on quads. I mean, some tracks will allow quads on like one day and not another day. So it's kind of iffy and depending on when you can ride and when you can't. So, mm -hmm. I mean, going to Deckers is you can ride pretty much every single day. You don't got to worry about anything but weather. I mean, as it's a smart decision. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't get any better than that. Well, uh, pal, I can't thank you enough for your time and, and for, uh, fitting us into your schedule. Uh, I was going to ask you if you were going to race pro-am, you already told us that, that that's not going to be a focus for you, that you're going to focus on the pro class. And, uh, I totally understand that kind of, um, uh, saving all your bikes for that, saving your energy for that. That makes so much sense to me, man. It's going to be, it's going to be fun. You're going to be one of the guys that I think all of us are going to be watching. I know that we all expect, you know, big things out of you. We want to see where you're going to stack up in this pro class, but, uh, 
man, I, I got to congratulate you again on making this step to the pro class. It's a dream come true for you. And uh, like I said, everybody's going to be watching. So I knew I wanted to get you on this preseason update show, uh, see what's going on, get the confirmation on the pro class, get the confirmation on the Suzuki. Think that everybody's kind of excited for that. And now, uh, as soon as I get off this, I'm going to have to add you to the fantasy game because I think a lot of people are going to be picking you in ATV fantasy. Yeah, thank you. I, uh, I appreciate you having me back on and I appreciate all the support. So, I mean, I'm hoping I get a good shot at this season, hoping to keep everything together and stay on all four wheels this season and give it my best shot. Yeah, you're going to be a hot pick for sure. So what's the what's the next five weeks look like as uh, we get close to Daytona? You said maybe going down to Florida, spending some laps leading up to that race. Is that what it's looking like? Yeah, it's, it's got to, it has to happen. I mean, I've been trying to get down, but like I said before, like problems with bikes, trying to get them together and it's crunch time right now. I gotta, I gotta start riding more and more rather than just on the weekends. So I'm going to try to get down there and ride as much as I can before Daytona. Yeah. Well, you're going to be ready to go. I think mindset's the biggest thing. So if in your mind, you're ready to go, you'll be, you'll be ready to rip, but that's awesome, man. We'll stay safe. Keep grinding. Uh, thanks so much for joining us here ahead of the, your rookie season as an AMA to be pro. And uh, we'll look forward to you slaying it at one of these races and having you back on here to talk about it, pal. Thanks so much. Thank you, Cody. Thank you for having me. Awesome, man. That's Dane Molander signing off on the Digging Deep ATVMX podcast brought to you by Namira Technologies. See you soon, buddy. Thanks so much. Yes, sir. We interrupt this program for a special news bulletin. The following message is brought to you by Manscaped.com. The Manscaped engineering team has outdone themselves this time, creating the Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, now available for purchase in the U.S. and Canada. Join over 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped, an official sponsor of the Digging Deep ATVMX podcast, with this exclusive offer of 20% off and free worldwide shipping with code DIGGINGDEEP20 at manscaped.com. I'm one of the first people to try the new 4.0 and I am blown away. This thing is next level. What sets this trimmer apart from all the rest? The Lawnmower 4.0 gives you the ability to turn the LED spotlight on and off when needed for a more precise shave. It features a new multi-functioning on-off switch with travel lock for those of us who like to travel. And my favorite, the new trimmer allows you to customize your trim with four different guard lengths and upgrade from its predecessor that only featured two. If you're listening, you know that good tools are a must, so wait no more to get the best tools for the job. Get 20% off and free shipping with code DIGGINGDEEP20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com by using code DIGGINGDEEP20. Hey everyone, this is Larry Mills, president of DP Breaks North America and proud partner of the Digging Deep ATV MX podcast. We at DP Breaks are a longtime supporter of ATV racing and the world leader in centered brake technology, dominating the ATV world for decades by supporting the best four-wheeled racers on the planet. This year's lineup includes Jeff Rastrelli, Mark Baldwin and Baldwin Motorsports, Ford Brothers Racing, Nick Janusa, and many more, including Mr. Digging Deep himself, Cody Jansen, plus all the top 17 GNCC pros such as seven-time champion Walker Fowler, Bryson Neal, Hunter Hart, Cole Richardson, Jared McClure, Adam McGill, and previous champion Chris Borich. These top riders continue to appreciate the high performance and impressive durability that their DP brakes have to offer, products that ultimately help place them on top of the podium week after week. DP Brakes are available through www.dp-brakes.com 
or you can purchase them through your local parts and limited stocking dealer or you can even message us myself larry mills or dp breaks on instagram or facebook and if you have any questions about product or sponsorship support please ask us we are waiting for you join the best atv riders in the world equipped with dp brakes and have a great year everyone Nearing two decades into the brand's existence, Factory 43 is back and better than ever, continuing to make major waves in the ATV world. For the third consecutive season, Factory 43 is the official aluminum parts choice of the Phoenix Racing ATV team, providing their state-of-the-art Evo Nerf bars, MX-style front bumpers, and grab bars for two-time champ Joel Hetrick. If you're in the market to upgrade your Nerf bars, bumpers, or grab bars, head over to factory43atv.com to see their full line of industry-leading products available for all makes and models. Head over to factory43atv.com today. Success in the ATV MX world is similar to what creates financial success as well. The right people, the right advice, and more importantly, hard work and the benefit of an ongoing relationship as situations change and adversity is experienced. Do you have the right financial advisor to help you reach your goals? Haymower Financial Group can create a personalized, goal-based plan to help your family prepare for whatever life brings. Call me, Scott Haymower, at Haymower Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, at 920-338-8150. That's 920-338-8150. Offices located in beautiful De Pere, Wisconsin, with registrations and clients nationwide. Just like the sport of ATV motocross as a whole, our Digging Deep community is brought together by the love for racing that we all share. Our sport is compiled of many great people, and leaving that charge is the Launderville family at Launderville Steel Enterprises and Concrete Supply. This racing-owned family business is a steel and concrete supplier serving the entire United States. Launderville Steel is a full-service steel supplier of new and surplus steel, aluminum, and stainless steel products headlined by the 4130 chromoly tubing and plate used in the building of chassis for ATVs and UTVs, off-road truck racing, late model dirt and pro tractor pulling series, drag racing, and more. Launderville Steel loves their racing just as much as we do, but don't forget about their concrete division as well. With over 25 years of experience, the Concrete Division can supply everything you need to complete your next business or personal project. Their central Midwest location enables LSE to easily serve customers across the United States. For a quote, additional info, answers to more of your questions, or to talk a little racing, head over to LaundervilleSteel.com or give them a call today. We are proud to be partnered with yet another racer-owned company. Thank you, Launderville Steel Enterprises and Concrete Supply. Here at Digging Deep, we have an obvious passion for ATVs and pridefully enjoy sharing the sport's history. Since 2019, when the podcast was born, we've been working to partner with individuals who share our passion, but one man and his vision had been missing from our partnership group. Until now. When it comes to the sport's history, the hallowed grounds of Binky's Forever ATC Museum has it all. Binky Tapscott's mind-blowing collection of three- and four-wheelers has preserved history by spanning all makes and models from Honda three-wheelers in chronological order to unique builds that shaped ATV racing as we know it, like Doug Gust's iconic DRZ-powered hybrid thumper and everything in between. There's no denying Binky's passion, a passion that we certainly relate to here at Digging Deep. Binky's goal is to share his amazing collection with fellow enthusiasts by making his prized possessions accessible to the public via scheduled visits. 
Follow Forever ATC Museum on Facebook and watch foreveratc.com for further updates on possibly getting a chance to see Binky's Forever ATC Museum for yourself. We are proud to welcome Binky's Forever ATC Museum to the Digging Deep family. Thanks for listening and remember to support our partners. Now back to the show. Our final segment this week is one you're really going to enjoy. You know this fantasy darling, but do you really know him? Kick back and enjoy his story. What a fun conversation this was. All right, guys, our final guest of the night is a first timer here on the podcast, but someone many of you know quite well, brought to you by Bronco ATV and UTV components from electrical components to engine internals and cylinders, suspension parts, winches, clutch kits, valve kits, carb kits, bearing kits, and drivetrain parts. Bronco's catalog has it all. Visit your local dealer or online at broncoatv.com today. Say hello to our Costa Rican AMA ATV pro, Mr. Cesar Jimenez. What's up, buddy? Welcome to Digging Deep. We're so stoked to uh, to have you here with us, pal. Hi, Cody. Uh, thank you for for having me here. It's awesome to to be part of of your podcast. And I just want to say hi to everyone. And I'm really happy to be one more year in the states. Yeah, man. I'm I'm stoked to uh, to have you here with us. Obviously, uh, I was just telling you before we hit record on this thing that a, a lot of our listeners obviously know who you are, been following your career, picking you in the fantasy game, all these things, but we don't all know your story necessarily. I don't. I know where you're from, but that's about it. So I'm stoked to hear a little more about that. And, and like I said, from the top, at the top there, I mentioned, you know, many of our listeners know you well as a racer uh, because in 2021, you were one of the most selected players or, or racers and digging deep ATVMX fantasy. I called you a fantasy darling because you were scoring more points than just about anybody for, for our fantasy players that season. Uh, you were a staple on so many of our teams. So uh, digging deep ATVMX fantasy players know how good you've been at times. And it's been fun to see all the focus that ATV fantasy has put on you and guys like you, but you've made a lot of fans out of people out there, uh, out of people playing the fantasy game. Yeah, dude, that that game was a lot of fun. It was I never expected to be picked that much and and just thank you for everyone that believes in me and my progress and it just sometimes it's really hard to believe in yourself when when you're against so many fast guys. Yeah. But it's just a little extra knowing that people pick you up and you have to like help them out too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's, it's really the coolest fun. thing. I I've thought yeah. about that too. You know, I've thought about that too like as a racer, if the, if the game would have been around when I was racing the pro class and just thinking like maybe that little bit of incentive, you know, like yes. people are, people are picking me this weekend. That's gotta be the coolest thing. But, uh, tell me a little bit more about yourself, pal. You're, you're from Costa Rica. Uh, you actually reached out to me, which is, was awesome. Uh, you spoke about, you know, wanting to come on the podcast because you're one of the foreign riders that has the most experience on knowing what it takes to compete here in the States. So what is ATV racing like in Costa Rica kind of compared to what it's like here? Yeah, so I started racing in in Costa Rica in 20, 2004. Okay. And how old are you, pal? Right now I'm 26. Okay. All right. Yeah, so I I think it was 7 years when I started racing. Okay. Before that I practiced probably 2 years. And then I started racing and climbing climbing um categories until I reached pro class in Costa Rica and and won it in 2017. Okay. And that's that's the year I decided, okay, I want something extra and jumped uh, like full season in, in the States. Yeah. Uh, my first time in the States was 2016 Yep. with Joe Bird. I came to, to do two races mm-hmm. and, and luckily both of them were rainy. 
So okay. <laughs> the only time I got tracked was Friday practice to know okay. like how it feels to race here. Mm-hmm. But the main difference is that in Costa Rica, the tracks are not flat, but they don't get rough. Okay. So we still have some big tracks with big jumps, but it doesn't get rough never. Got it. So That's, is it is it hard packed or is it sandy? Because I always think of it as sandy where you come from. No, it's really a hard pack. Like if Got you it. crash, you're done. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. So it's like like Unadilla. Yeah, it's like Unadilla, but since we don't have that many riders, uh, it doesn't get rough. Like it. it's always the sliding into the turns, like throttle control. Mm-hmm. It's all all about that. Mm-hmm. That's why normally people have really hard times coming to the states because. At least in my case, I'm never used to riding sand and 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 in rough tracks. But now I love it. Like now, mm-hmm. just I just want to ride rough tracks. It's the most fun. Got it. Got it. Yeah. I mean, I can't imagine what that's like, though. What a shock it must be when you ride these tracks over here for the first time, because it, it's impossible to find a track as rough as what an ATV national is like, right? And uh, coming from you know, like even growing up here, like. You know, if you got enough quads at a local track, you know, there there can be some roughness or whatever. Yeah. But if you haven't been exposed to that at all, I can't imagine what a shock that must be at the beginning. In in one of those years, 16 or 17, I believe your first uh one of those years you raced at Millville in Minnesota, right? And yeah, and that's it, like the roughest place that there is. So that yes. had to be crazy <laughs> for you. That was I, I really wish we could go to that track. That track is just yeah, so too. nice. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it was crazy rough. I didn't know what to do. <laughs> I <laughs> just pick a run and follow it. Mm-hmm. It was it was an awesome time and just it, it was just for fun, just hit the jumps and do some track like time mm-hmm. on the track, but it was yeah. it was really cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, I was going to ask you about that because I, I thought I remembered Joe Bird being involved in your program uh, at the beginning there in 2016 and 17. So what was that like? Like, how does that work with, like, how do you get connected with Joe? How does how does that work at the beginning there? So in Costa Rica, I was always known like uh, the rising star. Okay. And I had a really good friend, uh, Tavo Solis is his name. Okay. He was always like behind me, like telling me what to do, like little stuff. And and he told me Joe Bird had a riding school. Okay. So since we didn't know anyone from the States or racing, it was like really hard to to make that jump. Sure. And and I emailed Joe Bird and on his website and that's how everything started. Like he wow. told me he had a Yamaha to rent. I was riding Yamaha at the time. Okay. Uh, so it, it, it functioned pretty good at the beginning. Okay. So, but th- what, a what a, uh, grassroots kind of start or whatever, just started with an email and then you got connected with Joe bird. I mean, and I've thought that so much. And I said to you already before we hit record on this, that I don't think of you like, you know, the VTech, the Kenyaks and the, you know, some of these guys that we've seen, Patrick Torini, even guys that like our, our transplants that we've just seen for like a year here and there in the States, like you've been here for so long that I just think of you as, as one of our guys at this point. But, um, I can't imagine what it's like to go to another country in a, a totally different world and like compete at, you know, the top level in another country and not know anybody or like how the racing works or whatever. <laughs> like, I just, I can't imagine what a, a giant task that must feel like at the beginning. I, 
I don't know what you can say about that, but man, I can't imagine what that's like. It's gotta be, it's gotta seem like so much, you know? Yeah. Uh, well, the, the hardest part is leaving the, the family away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like being most of the time alone, like just training on the gym, on the quad, mm-hmm. everything. And actually not before I forget, now it's easier to race on the States since a lot of social media, you, you can just type someone's name sure. and yeah. they'll reply to you, give you like mm-hmm. an advice or something. But back in the day, there was none of that. Like back in was, the day, back in the day, like eight years ago, but you're exactly right. Yeah. Like people weren't as accessible then. Yeah, exactly. It was hard to like social media was just starting to get mm-hmm. up. Mm-hmm. So it was hard. And yeah, racing in, in another country is pretty hard. Like now that I'm being through a couple of teams, is it, it's nice to like meet new families, mm-hmm. but it's always hard to to be like mostly by yourself. It's mm-hmm. like not being. It's it feels like being home with the family that you're staying with, but mm-hmm. not not at home like with your own actual family yeah you feel like a transplant you know like i've i've stayed at enough you know i stayed at jeremiah jones house for a while when i was a young pro and some other uh the the parishes i stayed at the parishes some places like that and um man forever grateful for that but it's still not like you're not you're not at your home you know like it's just a different feel so you got to kind of get comfortable being uncomfortable a little bit and yeah um and and yeah so so did you learn anything from joe at the beginning that you still like use to this day i mean tell me about that oh everything in costa rica uh, when i used to race there there were like no no like techniques experience if okay. i can say it like that like yeah people just ride like how they think it was the best so before i went to joe birds i never used the rear brake never in my life (laughs) i just knew it was right there hey that's funny because because most people only use the rear brake when they're like younger and they don't use the front brake so that's funny yeah so now i i'm like i consider myself a rear brake guy like i'm always using my rear brake on the turns and everything just dragging not blocking it Mm -hmm. yep but but it's cool like just to learn that a little i learned also to scrub with him Mm-hmm. he teach me everything like yeah and i tried to bring it to costa rica unluckily it's a really small country where you don't get a lot of support mm-hmm. but there there were a couple of guys that like kind of grab my experience and and make help themselves so i feel good for that well yeah i mean i gotta assume back home that people look up to you like you're Joe Bird, you know, like you're <laughs> right. I mean, you're Cesar Hammond as the, the, the Costa Rican that's racing in the United States. That's going to be yeah. a huge deal to guys back home. I would think. Yeah. And, and it's actually being from a little country like Costa Rica is awesome. Mm-hmm. Cause I get a lot of media, like uh yeah. background, like I'll appear in the biggest newspapers. I will yeah, appear on TV. Awesome. So it's, it's actually really cool to get mm-hmm. that media support, but, yeah. From monetary wise, there's, there's no support. Like. Sure. Well, it's gotta, it's gotta be cool though, because you gotta feel like your whole country is kind of behind you though. Right. And yeah. Uh, 
and and it's it's funny you talk about technique and not using tons of technique back then because there's probably guys you know you talked about you know all the way back in 2016 so you come here you're racing the b class back home you're the pro, the pro champion yeah. yeah the pro champion you have probably had guys trying to ride like you you know and you felt like you had no <laughs> technique yet the guys at home were trying to be like you that's funny and and the hardest thing is to like mentally like mentally in costa rica you're the best one mm -hmm. then you come here you're no one <laughs> that's so hard to learn like mm -hmm. yeah just going back to b class and like almost starting to learn how to ride again because all these rods and sand tracks are just so demanding and you need a lot of the technique and setup for the bikes that is just another world I'm sure. I mean, I'm sure you come here and you kind of think like, man, I thought I could ride, you know, like <laughs> we, we heard that we heard basically the exact same story from JL Opperman, right? Like he yeah. was the South African champ and comes here and he's racing the B class, you know, and, yeah. and it's, it's funny how that works. But again, um, how, what an awesome, what an awesome story, you know, especially for you, like to be here for all those years, like I said, in, like you said, you raced a couple races in 2016 and 2017, and then decided that you wanted to go full-time after that. And, you know, first you're in the B classes and then you're in the A classes and then pro-am and then, and now pro you've always been a contender basically in whatever class you raced, you were always basically racing in the yeah. top three the whole time, which credit to you and just to gradually get better and better and better. So when you first come to the States, I'm sure, you know, like you know, the names of Joel Hattrick and Chad Wienan yeah, and whatever. Sure. And, you know, then you're racing the B classes and pro prop and then a class and pro am and get to pro you've been watching these guys and then you get to pro now you're racing against the guys that you've always looked up to. So what was that like to move up to the pro class and then line up against those guys? Because man, that had to be crazy too. I remember being a young pro and lining up with those guys. And I've yeah. said it on the show before been like, okay, so I can't beat any of those guys. I might be able to beat a couple of those. You know what I mean? Like it's a, it's, yeah, a, it's yeah. a mental hurdle to overcome for sure. Yeah. That's what like rookies. That's what they learn in that class. Like you might come from pro-am where the top guys will go away from the pack and, and mm -hmm. then race each other race. Like, they'll have a, a gap in pro class there's none of that like you're always going and going and going right so that's so hard mentally and then like let's say you got a good hole shot mm -hmm. and you're i'm top four five on the hole shot and then you see rastrelli going by you chad <laughs> going by you and you're like where am i at like right yeah. is, it, is it real like <laughs> Yeah, and it's just so hard to believe in, in yourself, and I mm -hmm. think that's one of the hardest things to learn in in pro class, that you belong to the to the class. Exactly, like you belong there. You're exactly right. Yeah. It's one of those things you kind of got to keep telling yourself, like, man, I yeah. belong here. Was it? Uh, I think it was Briarcliff 2021, right? You got a good start, and you were yes. up front for a while. You were in like sixth for half the race. It felt like, or more. Yeah, and yeah, it was cool. And, and you start to realize like, Hey, I can, I can do this. And I think you got a top 10 overall that weekend. I'm pretty sure. I think and, I lost it because of moto two, but oh, I did was you? Close. okay. Yeah. Either, either way you were, you was a great oh, ride. I blew you. up. Yeah. I blew up okay. moto two. Okay. <laughs> either way, great ride for you though. And yeah, it's just those you. little things. It's just those little things that, you know, as a, as a young pro, uh, it's just kind of those building blocks in your mind. And you start to realize like, Hey, like, 
it's not that it's it's not that big of a deal. Like at least I remember feeling like the weight of the world being on my shoulders, like, man, everybody's watching yeah. me and all these things. And it's like, it's just, it's just racing, you know, but like you said, a testament to, you know, kind of how good the class is. Every guy in there basically was like the fastest guy in pro-am at one time, you know? So, yeah, exactly. It, sometimes you get last in pro and <laughs> you think you're, you're so slow. Like you ask yourself why I'm, I'm in pro, but, you have to see where you come from. Like uh, I was, I lost my podium in prom because I blew up last race, but I was top three in pro am mm -hmm. most of the year. So it's not that I'm slow. Mm -hmm. It's not exactly. just I'm racing the best guys in the world, basically. Mm -hmm. Exactly. That it is the the best of the best. You're absolutely yeah. right. And and that pro class now is so fast. It just seems to be getting faster and faster. There's another, you know, group of fast young guys coming in this year. Yeah. And so you were really, really strong in 2021. Uh, you got a top 10 in the, in, at one of the races that year, which was, you know, a big deal. I tell people that yeah. all the time, right? Like that's a, that's a big deal. Like that's finishing, a big deal, yeah. finishing in the top 10 is like winning for, you know, some of us dudes. Out yeah, there. So that's, sure. that's awesome. But uh, then things never really clicked last year. It seemed like you were always battling something. You were battling quad issues. You were battling injuries. It was just like one thing after another, after another. So um, now sitting here we're not that far out from the season the the season's getting closer and closer by the day you have an opportunity to kind of use that adversity from last year as a learning experience going forward looking to 2023 and beyond but i bet you know you have to be excited for a fresh start in 2023 i remember like you had to feel beat up mentally and physically you know late in the year last year i remember you just like taking a round off just to kind of clear the slate and get ready for the stretch run last year so i'm sure you're feeling like you got a whole new breath of fresh air going into 2023 and you're just ready to hit the ground running. I have to believe that that's how you're feeling. Yeah. My issue last year that uh, actually not a lot of people know is that I crashed in November in Costa Rica. I was going to start getting ready for, for the season. Okay. And I just, when I came to the States, I wrote too much, too many, like I was probably writing five days a week. Oh, sure. And my doctor said I just got too much uh, muscle in my forearm. Oh, so wow. as soon as I, I will grab a handlebar, I'll have it pumped. Oh, boy. So, yeah. I remember the day last year that I was writing, actually, Brandon Hogue, we were training together. Mm -hmm. And I stopped writing Friday, and there was rain on the weekend. I got back on Monday. I did two turns, and I had arm pump. Oh my gosh, dude. Two turns, not even a lap. And Jeez. since then, my year was completely done. You couldn't hang on. Yeah. No. Jeez. And it, it, I, I was so mad because in, in Daytona, I got a good whole shot. I was second mm -hmm. behind Chad. And, and just probably if I will be able to just hang on and block the lines, I, I could probably get a good uh, result. But it's just what it is. That's uh, tough. Right that's now. tough. And you're not the only one that's had that happen, right? Like you hear about it in motocross and supercross yeah. racing to the two wheel side too, is guys, whether it's overtraining or some, you know, a little wrist injury or something like that, where, you know, they just get this chronic arm pump and it might just be for one season and then they never deal yeah. with it ever again. It's just the the craziest thing. Yeah. Uh, now that I'm a port, uh, I've been right. I wrote, I have wrote like two or three days and, mm -hmm. and, now it's funny. My 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 arm pump is going to the right 
to the right hand, which is the one that is supposed to get pumped. Okay. But uh, it's just part of it, and I, I just have to push a little bit through it, and I'll, I'll probably be ready for Daytona, if not for Gatorback. But sure. I'm really looking forward to this season. Yeah, man. And I can, uh, I can speak on the arm pump thing a little bit. Like I'm not a guy that got tons of arm pump, but always at the beginning of the year here, like always when you'd first get on the quad, because you know, where I'm from up in Wisconsin, you know, like right now it's the windshield's like negative 10, you know? So we, so we'd have, I'd have five months or whatever that I wouldn't ride a quad. And then you get on a quad and, and it's like instant arm pump kind of thing. So I'm sure after you get a week or two in of riding, that'll go away and you'll be totally set going forward. But you mentioned Ford. So I was just anticipating kind of prepping for our conversation here, assuming most of your program was going to be the same and you're uh, still going to be, you know, on Hondas and still add Deckers, but that's not necessarily the same. So kind of talk about the changes to your program for, for the new season. Yeah, this year uh, I'm just changing uh, airs. I'm going to be riding with the Fords. Okay. Uh, Things are like, start working really good with them. So I just text John one day and and I got a call back and they talk it and they send me yeah you can stay with us and that's basically what I normally like like to get like just the ride and just everything here is amazing like the facility there are they are awesome people like yeah. really awesome people uh, the track is I can I don't I have no words to explain how fun it looks is that so track. sick it looks so yeah. Sick. Just rollers everywhere, and I just love rollers. This is mm-hmm. the most fun. Yeah, yeah. Though <laughs> I, I said to you before, you know, before we started recording this uh, conversation here, but you couldn't have found yourself with a better group of people. Um, you know, they obviously yeah. have a great facility. They obviously have all that stuff figured out, but just the quality of people that they are are amazing. All the stuff that they do behind the scenes scenes to help other riders and help the sport, all that stuff. I mean, it's amazing. So what the Fords do uh, is awesome. And I'm not surprised that, you know, they stepped up when you kind of found yourself needing a place to, to stay and train that uh, they stepped up to the plate because like you and I talked about, I mean, they just want, you know, fast guys to all ride together to hopefully, you know, up the pace for, for you and and for the Ford boys, you know? So I, I can't imagine that uh, you could have found a better place to be. Yeah, like I, I was, I was really, really pumped when I got their their call. I was like, oh my god, this is a a lifetime opportunity. Mm-hmm. Like uh, to be uh, uh, like true with you, the first time I take someone to come to ride the, to the state, it was to mm-hmm. the Force Brothers page. Oh, really? Yeah, okay. but. Uh, probably it's just something in media like you just don't see a message or you or you, well, or, you think it's a joke or you, at the same time joke, yeah. or at the same time they they might have not known who you were so yeah. i mean it's one of those things when you own a racetrack or own a practice facility like you have to yeah. trust you have to trust the people that are riding on your track too yeah. and now there's obviously no doubt that you know you're you're one of the fastest guys on a ATV on a motocross track in the world. But at that time they didn't know who you were. They didn't know you were the fastest guy in Costa Rica, you know? Yeah. So. And it's just like getting a message from another country. Like, yeah, this is probably <laughs> not, not, not true. Right? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, That's for funny. me, it's like really cool to be here. Like it's just a, a dream to be here, to be honest. Mm-hmm. There are places I, I cannot ask for more. Like, yeah. 
it's just a dream. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. So so it comes full circle to where you first messaged them, yeah. you know, to come here in the States and now look where you are now. It's 2023. You're prepping and, for the biggest season of your career and you find yourself there. And I always tell people like it's like things work out the way they're supposed to work out, you know, like who knows yeah. what different path you would have been on if you would have started at Ford's back then and everything yeah, you did between, you know, from birds to, you know, Deckers for a few years, the stuff you did with TDR, all that stuff to, you know, now where you are with the Fords, it's like everything led you to where you are now and you're primed for the biggest season of your career. And that's an awesome place to be. Yeah. And it, it's really cool. Cause, because, um, how can I explain it? Like, it's just like, I, I don't think when I finished last year, I finished like, okay, I want to keep racing. Mm -hmm. But through the off season, I keep training a lot. I did a triathlon, whatever. I yeah, yeah. I love triathlon. Okay. And so I never stopped working out. I'm, I'm actually right now, I'm the fittest I've been in my life. Oh, wow. Awesome. So just things came together like i was like not sure if i was raising yeah so i just i actually told john john like, i don't know how to ask you but the list th the last thing i can have is a no so mm -hmm. i just sent him that message and and he answered me like in a really positive way and i was like oh my god like i really want to race again like yeah. i i love this and this opportunity is just amazing so yeah, I really want to be there. That's awesome, man. And I, I love to hear that. First of all, because it shows that, you know, your love for the sport and riding and everything is still there. You still want to do it. You're still hungry. You still, you still love it. Um, but also like, that's a scary thing. I remember, I remember, uh, to kind of finish up that last thought, I remember kind of thinking at the end of last season, wondering to myself if you'd come back because last year was a tough year. I'm so glad yeah. that that wasn't how it ended for you in the States. And then that is a scary thing. Like I've been in that same role years ago, sending messages to people, you know, looking for whether it was support or someplace to ride or whatever. And I just remember being nervous as could be sending those messages. I couldn't tell you why, but being nervous. And, uh, that's kind of going at least out of my comfort zone to ask for, yeah. you know, help like that or support or whatever. And, uh, when you kind of put that out there and, and, you know, it goes well and you get a positive answer. Like that's a, that's a good feeling. That's a, that's a great feeling. And, um, like I said, awesome to find yourself in that place now. Yeah. It's just awesome. Like to hear such a good vibe from someone that wants you to do good. Mm -hmm. That yeah. just like, I was probably, uh, 20% motivated before mm -hmm. I sent that message. And as soon as I got the call, I was like, Oh my God, I cannot believe this. Like, right. <laughs> This all, is just God like saying me go like um, yeah like you're all go. in now you have no yeah. reason not to be yeah and just writing this this past week it was so fun like I just love it like I probably in the off season I I forgot what writing feels like because mm -hmm. I didn't wrote at all yeah and just getting here feeling that breaking bumps riding the rods mm -hmm. feeling fast is just it's just awesome. It's, uh, it's always so much fun to get on a quad after, you know, you've been off for a while. So, uh, you mentioned to me in a previous message that you're a college student too, right? Like you have that going on as well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm right now doing college. I really want to finish it as soon as possible. And got it. It's really hard. Like I, I thought I was going to handle it better, but 
I have classes Wednesday, Thursdays, and Saturdays. Oh wow! Okay, and so that, that makes it tough. This Saturday we were, yeah. This Saturday we were writing out, and I was like, "Oh my god, I have school!" <laughs> <laughs> so I just yeah. text the the teacher. I was I was writing, and they know like mm-hmm. they are compressive about my situation, and not, like thanks to the technology, I can watch the class later. So oh, perfect. It, cool. It just works. Yeah. It's just really hard to work off the quad and then ride and then yeah. class it. It's a lot. So is is school or, or college, is that like Costa Rica? Like is it back home or yeah, it's it's back home. Got it. Got it. Got it. Yeah. So that so I was gonna obviously ask you if it was tough to balance all of that. I I know you're just getting into riding or whatever, but uh if it was tough to balance academics and, and being a professional athlete all at once, because I I once did that too, and it's not easy. You do have to really kind of manage your time really well, right? Like you can't uh you can't start the the riding part of the season and then let your grades go to shit. Like it doesn't work yeah. that way. So, uh, but I will say when you fully invest in taking care of your school and you totally invest in all of your training and you totally invest in all of your riding, you feel so accomplished. And then as soon as you get the, I'm assuming if it's like here in a few months, you'll be done with this semester of school. And after when you kind of put that to bed, then you'll even feel like you grab another gear with your training and your riding, I'm assuming. Yeah, it it's for me, it's it, it's actually a little bit easier because classes are at night, mm. but sometimes you want to go to bed like, yeah, it, and thankfully, I'm, I'm at the end of, of the degree. Mm-hmm. So it's just like really theoric. Uh, Got it. Just like proving your points and seeing mm-hmm. how can you manage situations. So Got it. it's not as okay, you have mathematics and resolve all of this and just mm-hmm. mentally really tough. Yeah. So thankfully it's not like that right now, but I know what you say. Like it's, it's tough, but I know it feels, it's going to be feel good when I'm done. Yeah. So what are you going to school for pal? Uh, I'm going for business administration. Nice. Oh, cool. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's one of those things that you can use to, you know, it translates to so many other parts of your life too, right? Like you're learning things in there that you can literally use as part, like towards your race program, towards getting to uh, support, towards managing your own race program, like a business. So that's, uh, that's an awesome thing. So, uh, as we kind of finish up here, pal, so what are your, your goals for 2023? Tell me about that. Well, my biggest goal always has been to appear on one of the jerseys of the oh, races. Yeah. yeah so an so, event t-shirt. Yeah. Yeah. I have to make it to top 10. That's that's my biggest goal ever. And for me, going also to a banquet on a top 10 pro class, is, it will just be amazing. Like, uh, I'm really going to work hard this year for that. And mm-hmm. and if not, we'll see what God had for me plan and and if I race more years, that that's always going to be my goal. I also yeah. want to to have a some top eights, top like mm-hmm. go down. Yeah, because you know top tens becomes becomes into top eight, top eights into exactly. top five, and exactly. that's how it goes. 
Exactly. I think that that's, you're exactly right. I was there once too, where, you know, top tens was the goal. And then what, you know, when you get top tens, then it's ninth. And then when you get ninth, it's eighth. And then when you get eighth, it's seventh. And um, that's the biggest thing is just trying to beat, you know, that, that mark of yours. And all those goals are realistic. Being top 10 in points is realistic. Getting on the t-shirt is realistic, all those things. And um, man, what a, what a great goal uh, that is to have. So we started kind of talking about ATV fantasy. We're going to kind of wind down talking about ATV fantasy as well. So why should digging deep ATV fantasy players pick you for their squads in 2023, pal? Tell me why. Because this year I'm going wide open. Like I'm going that serious. Uh, I I really trust myself this year. It's going to be that year where, where I know how to set up the quad better. Uh, learn a little bit more of shocks, a good engine program. Uh, I just need to figure out a little bit of things like my mechanic at the races. But after that, I really, I really think uh, I got the speed to be a, on a top 10 mm-hmm. position. The, maybe not year round, but I can be battling there every race. I agree. I agree 100%. I think uh, for me, I'll tell you exactly why that you should be on everybody's fantasy team is you never quit, dude. I know, uh, I know that if I put you on my team, you're going to give it your all every single time. You've proved that already. You've proved that already. Like you're, you were the safe pick, you know, in in your, in your tier. And I I love that about you, pal. I love the, the no quit. Um, and now if you're just going to grab another gear, that's going to take you to a, a whole nother level, man. But, uh, but yeah, I'd love to see it. I love to hear the enthusiasm in your voice, all the fun that it sounds like you're having. And so how does that work? Like, I see, I, I've seen your dad at the races, right? Like do your parent, your parents come to the races too? Is that the, that how that works? Yeah. My, my mom and dad comes to most of the races. Yeah. I like to have my, like my dad to help me a little bit, mm-hmm. but at the, at the same time, I feel a little bit bad for him. So I'm normally the one that preps the quad in between the races. Got it. So it's just, it's, it's pretty tough to, to be your own mechanic and race. So I want tough. to change that for, for this year. And yeah, you said that about me giving everything. That's what hurt me the most last year because arm pumping one lap, you're you're done. Mm-hmm. Like nothing to do. This year is all I want to do. Just give everything I got until the checker flag is out. Yeah. Yeah, I think that you're right. I think you're kind of hitting the nail on the head. It's very difficult to race the pro class. It's like impossibly difficult to race the pro class and wash your quad and keep the thing prepped and do all of that yourself. That is not, not an easy thing to do. So, mm-hmm. uh, so yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure you'll find somebody to kind of help out your program there and do a little bit of the wrenching and stuff, taking you to the gate, all those things. But uh, man, this has been such such a fun conversation. You're a guy who, again, I've, selected for my fantasy team a million times seen at the races a hundred times all these things i think we've waved to each other but never really uh got to have a conversation like this so this has been awesome yeah. i've been a fan of yours for a long time pal and I, I hope you achieve everything you want to and more like i said i love hearing the enthusiasm in your voice it sounds like you're having some fun sounds like you're in a great place there with fords and uh man i appreciate you so much for for coming on here and joining the show we'll plan to do this in the summer when you uh get one of those you know tenths ninths eighths seventh maybe six when you slay it this summer we'll plan to get you back on the show because this has been so much fun pal thank you very much this podcast is amazing i always hear them and it's so so nice to have you 
helping the sport that much and I, I have always said that to you like it's awesome having a guy like you in, in the sport so thank you for the inv invitation and and this time talking with you yeah man i appreciate that it uh it's one of those things i tell people all the time anytime we get a you know a nice positive comment or message like that it goes a really long way. Like we work really hard at it, you know, like a, an episode, like the one that these guys are listening to all the listeners are listening to right now. I mean, a good day or two or three goes into just one episode, let alone, you know, putting the fantasy game together. And, uh, and we write articles and we, you know, all the social media stuff we do and all that right, stuff, like it, it goes a long way, but at the same time, like I know the sport is benefiting from what we're doing. And I think the fantasy game does a ton for that. I know like that creates all kinds of coverage for, for you in attention for you riders. And I hope that, you know, you guys benefit like a little bit from what we're doing. I think I take a lot of pride in the fact that we mention all of you guys on our race review shows and our preview shows and all that stuff. And uh, again, like that's why just the little things like, you know, like all the attention that was yeah. on you for the last two years with this fantasy game, you know, like you'd have, you would have like 50 to 60% of the teams <laughs> had you on them, you know, like, that's just amazing. So if you got a couple hundred people playing the game, a few hundred people playing the game and, you know, so a few hundred of them or, or whatever are picking you, you know, like that's, that's an awesome thing. A couple hundred of them are picking you. Like that's a, it's a really awesome thing. So anyways, pal, I appreciate the the kind words. You always do go out of your way to, uh, you know, to, to thank us for doing what we're doing and appreciate what we're doing. And that means a lot to us. So, um, but at the same time, nobody would listen to our shows if people like you wouldn't come on and talk to us. So we appreciate you being here. Can't thank you enough for your time, pal. We're wishing you all the best, uh, at Daytona and beyond. And I can't wait to see you at the races sometime soon. I, uh, uh, you've, I've always been a fan of yours, but uh, I would consider you a friend as well. Thank you very much, Cody. Really appreciate all your words and work. Awesome, man. That's AMA ATV Pro, Cesar Jimenez, the pride of Costa Rica, right here on the Digging Deep ATVMX podcast, brought to you by Bronco ATV and UTV Components. Thanks so much, pal. We'll see you soon, okay? Let's go! I'm ready to go racing right now, guys, but I am looking forward to the next few weeks as we continue to throw fuel on the fire, increasing the hype and anticipation leading up to Daytona. We're going to have new episodes each week between now and the opener. I apologize about only having two this past month. I ruptured my eardrum and simply existing has been miserable, let alone hearing and speaking, but we battled through it tonight here and just know that we have a lot of content coming in the next few weeks here at Digging Deep. Major thanks to tonight's featured guests, Brandon Hogue, Dane Molander, and Cesar Jimenez. Thanks to producer Dallas Jansen, my brother, for all his hard work. Thanks to Brooke and AMA official Harv Whipple. Thanks to all of our donors. You know who you are. We appreciate you so much. Thanks to all of our partners, CST Tires. Go to shop.csttires.com today. Yamaha, thanks to Blue Crew. SSI decals, DID racing chain, Namira Technologies, Bronco ATV and UTV components, Launderville Steel Enterprises and Concrete Supply, the financial advice of the Haymoral Financial Group, DP Brakes, Factory 43, Binkies Forever ATC Museum, a special shout out to Impact Solutions, and Manscaped. Get 20% off and free shipping with code DIGGINGDEEP20 at manscaped.com. Support the brands that support our show, and don't forget to use those codes to save. Find it all on our website, and be sure to click that Rocky Mountain ATVMC banner for all your gear and parts needs and to help us out. And most of all, thanks to you guys for listening. Sign up for ATV Fantasy today at ATVFantasy.com and keep an eye on shop.diggingdeepatvmx.com as we have a fresh batch of merch getting ready to launch, so keep an eye out for that.
If you're looking for another easy way to help support us, visit our website and click the Patreon or Buy Me a Coffee buttons. This allows you to set up a one-time or monthly contribution to support our efforts. You can also give us a call using our voicemail line, give us your reaction to the show, anticipate the races and or everything in between. We'd love to hear from you and play your voice on the show. That number is 920-569-3519. Be sure to give us a call, guys. Follow the show on social media, Digging Deep ATBMX Podcast, and myself, Cody Jansen, for additional content, coverage, and more fun stuff as the season continues to creep up on us. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and more. Wherever you find podcasts, you'll find the Digging Deep ATBMX Podcast. All episodes, additional podcast providers, sponsor links, and discount codes, our show merchandise, fantasy info, and more can all be found on our website, diggingdeepatvmx.com, so check that out today. Be a friend, tell a friend, please download, subscribe, rate, review, and share. And with that, for Brandon Hogue, Dane Molander, Cesar Jimenez, Brooke Jansen, Dallas Jansen, and I'm your host, Cody Jansen. Thanks for listening to and making us the most listened to podcast in ATV racing with nearly 196,000 downloads last month in 101 total countries. Until next time, thanks for joining us in digging deep with the stars of ATV motocross. See you next week. Things are crashing and burning here at the Digging Deep Podcast, much like the Titanic. Those guys were hauling ass, for real. I remember watching Doug Gus, I don't know who it was, Steel City, running the same times Friday afternoon as James Stewart was on Sunday back then. It was mental. I've never seen quads go that fast. Quad are freaking gnarly.